Hey, welcome back to Bobblehead Podcast. Today, Tim and I uh, talk about a bit of an unorthodox topic, and it's childhood memories. Um, and we both dive into, oddly enough, kind of similar stories about what we look back on fondly growing up and um, the simplicity of life and how as we get older, we end up kind of yearning for that type of uh, situation again. So um, hope you guys get something out of us. As always, glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, Tim. I'll cross my legs the other way. Yeah, Since so, it- that, that way. I was gonna put yeah. my shoes on the other foot or something. Hey, so you just you just got back from Colorado? I did. I did. Um, it was both cold and snowy, which you know they, you're they tend to go together. It, yeah, it, they go together. Uh, first day, I got to tell you, I think it was seven degrees, and it snowed maybe eight inches, and just you know you're get and it's not bad at the bottom, but as you get towards the top on the lift and you're sitting still, and the lift is like rocking back and forth from the wind, and it's just blowing in your face. And you can't get the net gator up quite over your nose. So that's why I have a little bit of a sinus infection today. Yeah. So if I cough during the podcast, you know why. Yeah. You know, you know what's worse than that being in Dallas while you're skiing? So Is it? that's uh, a true first world problem that you got working there, man. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. But no, it was, it was good, man. We had a good time. Um, good times with friends and um, had, some, had some really, really fun evenings of playing games. You know, I'm not a big game guy. But I um, learned uh, a couple of different card games. I still suck at it. But um, yeah, we had a good time. And you know, when, when you're around people of like mind and you're able to hang out and you know, nobody's pretentious and it was pretty fun. You know, I think one of the true values of skiing and you realize it once you get older and you have kids is like having a ski and ski out. Like the ability to not have to go to the bottom of a mountain and then I'll wait for a shuttle to make it back up to the hill. That's it's it's a pretty awesome experience now but what i know is they're they're not all of of equal yeah so he's he's turning the (laughs) knife a little bit as 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 it goes into the ribs he's turning a little bit so um this was a a really close friend close friends of jamie and i's and uh so for his birthday his um his sister is dating a guy who has a a lodge lodge a house up there on the mountain and it was told that we would ski and ski out so the story the story is we're kind of excited, and so we look out there, and we don't really see a, a run out the back door. There's snow, and so they went on to tell us, well, actually, you go down this little path, and you get on this little kind of a, a pathway, and then you you go through some trees, and then you cross this bridge, and and then you wind up at the slope. So we knew real quick that the girls were not going to be up for that. So we we sent them on the shuttle and did their thing. So we're like, hey, we can do this. You know, we've been skiing. But you also, if you've ever skied before and you haven't skied in a year or two, you know, those first those first five, ten minutes, you know, you're a little shaky. Yeah, you want to spend some time getting the curves down. Yeah, you do. I mean, it, it's, you know, anybody can do the snow plow or the, the make a big pie or whatever it is. Anybody can do that. And that's always the safe bet. But um, the problem was, is we went down this little path and off of that, and then we came to a stop, and we looked, and there's this pretty steep slope, and it's just all trees. And somebody had skied down it before, so you knew that it was legitimate. But these trees are pretty tight together, tight enough where you can't do a snowplow. You can't do the wedge because they're that close. So you kind of have to you know, pick up the back of your skis. And, and this is within two minutes of me popping my skis on for the first 60. time in four years. <laughs> Real quick. Yeah. And so, uh, but at this point in time, we have no choice. I'm not going to walk back up to the house because it's way up there now. And there's nothing worse than 
I almost think I'd rather walk up sideways with skis on than walk up with just ski boots. Yeah. You know, so that, that wasn't an option. And one of our buddies had a, a, a snowboard and that was even worse trying to do that in a snowboard when he hadn't boarded in probably five years. So anyway, um, and then, so we asked, Hey, how do we get back down? Oh, well you have to go like a, a double black diamond and then go out of bounds and find these trees with a blue X on them and go right specifically there because there's a bridge somewhere underneath, this, underneath the snow. And if you miss the bridge, you might go through the snow into the creek that's running. It's really bad. That might really be a bad day. And then you come down, then you have to hike back up the stairs. Huh. So um, was it ski in, ski out? Yeah, it was possible. Yeah, I mean, by but, definition, I mean, anything could was, be ski and ski but out. Was I thinking ski and ski out that way? No, I was not. It sounds like more like fall in, fall out. It was um, anytime they say you just go out of bounds. Yeah. I mean, I guess one man's you know personal nightmare is another man's man ski in, ski out. Ski yes. lodge, right? Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> but we managed. We made it work. We well, it and, and I think the only thing worse for a snowboarder than than something like that when you haven't snowboarded in five years is catwalks. Oh yeah, yeah. You're but right. I gotta, but I can't really, you know, like there's not not enough slope for them yeah. to go. Yeah, so I got to get one foot out and basically just kind of like shuffle their way on the catwalk. And that I've never seen people do it, but I, until this trip, so I never really paid attention to it. But they have the both feet buckled in, and they do the hop thing. The hop, yeah. I'm like, man, it's it was what eleven thousand feet where we were, and I get about two hops and I got I'm winded, <laughs> and that's the other thing that we got two really hops tired and a of. flop. Jamie and I both were like, we'd wake up at two or three in the morning and like panic because we can't catch a big breath of air. Like you trying to get air and it just it's so thin up there. Mm-hmm. And and what's funny is when you're skiing, it doesn't bother me, but it's when I bend over to tie my shoe, put and my your shoes head feels on, like it's gonna pop. Putting your boots on is the hardest part of the whole day. It's the worst part. You're just gassed. And I'm like, man, I'm out of shape. But it's just, you're not used to it. You know, there's just no oxygen yeah, up there. And, and I, look, I know a lot of people, Lisa snowboards, an avid snowboarder. But it's just, it's not as fun to me. You got to get off the chair. You got to sit on your butt. You got to buckle yourselves in and then you got to go. Yeah. And then if you stop, you got to sit down. You got to take a knee. You got to fall yeah. over. You got to do something. Right? right. Where you're skiing, you just turn sideways. Yeah. And and that's it. I think I think the effort once you're going down the mountain is less with the snowboard than it is skiing. But I think all the rest of it, once again, I don't snowboard, so it's hard for me to say. I mean, there's probably a lot of list, people listening going, you're an idiot. Yeah, until you catch a front side edge. Yeah, people saying, you're an idiot, and I'm like, you just now figured that out? <laughs> but yeah, so you catch This is edge. the watershed moment? This where, is the watershed where moment? Where you realizing it? Yeah, I thought people listen to this because they just want to hear an idiot talk. Yeah, I and that's, I grew up doing that, man. Not snowboarding, I hate snowboarding. I've done it a couple of times, I just, I just don't enjoy it. But that was... That was my childhood, man. Yeah, because you're, you're in, I think we talked about this Montana, more than the other podcast. You're from in Montana, and you guys had slopes right there, not yeah. far from where you live. It was in, an hour, hour and a half away. You know, you, could, you could be there, you'd be there pretty quickly. It's like which you're is, Denver going to Breckenridge or to right. Keystone. Or, yeah, and I've been to, you know, what is it, uh, not Snowmass, um, Steamboat. That's a haul from Denver. That's that like is a haul from Denver. What's cool about that, though, is you can fly from Dallas directly into Steamboat. Yeah. Which is nice. Never done that. I want to go to tell you. Thanks for flexing on me. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. I'll One of the places we're going to, you know, where actually Thursday is, you know, Peyton's checking out Colorado Mesa University mm-hmm. and that's in Grand Junction. There's okay. A handful, there's a handful of mountains around there too. So I'm kind of excited. I hope he commits there. Like that way I can go up and yeah. have a reason to go ski. I have a great airport there, by the way. Is it really? Yeah. In fact, they're one of the few places that really work on the kind of plane that I have. There's like, two major places in the nation really yeah one's in wichita kansas and the other was at, is in grand junction huh 
Yeah, they're like specialists at it. Yeah, I know it's a small field there. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's for it's really not bad. It's pretty good size, actually. Mm. I mean, small compared to like DFW. But I'll have to go by and name drop. Like, hey, guys, Tim told me to come by and say hi. Yeah. He yeah. owns tail number Whiskey November. Yeah, and they're, they're going to say, you know why you're here? Well, you got a bill that you probably need to pay. <laughs> Dude, send it to Beth Adams. <laughs> <laughs> I get good at saying that. Send it to Beth. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> hey, so uh, I think let's talk about something that, that we really haven't ever touched on before. Kind of a happy, maybe maybe you'll be happy members. I think it would be, but let's let's talk about kind of go back to our childhoods. You know, we, you've mentioned some things about your childhood of growing up, and I've I've talked about mine a little bit. But what are some of the maybe one or two of your favorite memories from growing up? Oh man, you know there's so many. And when we Sophie brought this topic up, I'm like, you know, we we both kind of cringe, but it's not because it's bad because you have a hard time really narrowing it down, yeah. right? And of course, like the more the further removed you get from an event, like the happier the memories tend to be on it, right? Sure. You know, but for me, it, it's it's easily going back to that time of being, you know, eight eight to twelve years old. Yeah. And, and we we grew up in between Kalispell and Whitefish, Montana. And during this time, like we actually lived with my grandparents. Like my mom was kind of in in and out, um, but we lived with my grandparents and in a double wide. I'm sorry, in a single wide trailer, in a three bedroom single wide trailer, was me and my two brothers, my mom my grandma and grandpa, my aunt, and three of her kids. Good gosh. And we were packed in there like sardines, but man. But you were. And, and what that made us do was, and, and we're, they're literally, it's called Forest Acres. We are in the middle, we're in the middle of the woods, right? Halfway between Kalispell and Whitefish. And we would wake up in the morning when the sun came up and we would go out in the woods, ride our bikes, we'd find trails, we'd do whatever, and we wouldn't come home until the sun went down. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was truly that way to the point where we, one morning we got up and we, we put on all black and we sharpened spears and we were going to go Bigfoot hunting. And, uh, we didn't know that it was opening day of deer season. Oh no. Yeah. And we actually got shot at Are it, you like behind deadfall. Yeah. A, a guy, a hunter pulled up on his four wheeler with him and his kid and actually squeezed off around at us. And we were behind enough deadfall to where it hit and splintered. We jumped up. We were like, we're kids, not deer, you know? So like obviously Jeez. and pretty, you know, tra- traumatic, traumatic experience more for him than us at the time. Oh, I'm sure. But it was such a simplistic lifestyle and i was yeah. talking to a friend about this last night you know, kids these kids these days right i sound like a grumpy old man we live in this world of excess where we have so many things to do and whether it's playstations or xboxes or just a, a, a an excess of technology and things in front of our faces and as a result of that we have so much that we don't have anything and we're always looking for the next thing to stimulate our brain we're always looking for the next thing to to to, to like say some sort of need that we have and it's never a, a it's never a product of having too little. It's always a product of having too much. Yeah. And I think back to those days and we had nothing. Like I literally had a bike without a back brake to where I would have to put my foot between the tire and the frame and just use the friction of the sole of my foot to be able to stop my bike. And I didn't know that we didn't have anything. I didn't know that we were poor. I didn't know that we existed on next to nothing. All I knew is that I had my bike and I had my cousins and I had my brothers and I had the woods and the world at my disposal. And I loved every single minute. And you were you were a rich man. Yeah, I was as happy as could be. Yeah, it's so funny you said that. Um, a lot of my probably two of my favorite memories. And it, it's so weird you said that. Pretty eight and twelve. There's, that's a really happy time, especially for guys. You're kind of learning about outdoors. You're learning about yourself. You're learning. You get some freedom. But you know, two of mine are when I was really young. I was probably five, six, seven. Um, is the, my granddad was a farmer and a rancher. And so I can remember my mom picking me up from school the very last day of school and literally she would have a bag packed for me 
And, you know, I look back and go, man, my mom was so nice. She was ready to get rid of my yeah. butt. Yeah. And so she would literally take me straight to my grandparents' house, which is about an hour and a half away. And uh, he was, and during that time when school got out, that was the middle of uh, harvest time. So he'd be up harvesting, I think it was wheat at the time, during that point in time. He, he, he harvested uh, uh, milo and, and okay. wheat, and then that, that was wheat. And literally dragged, he'd drive me out, out to the pasture and to the combine. And he would stop, and I would get out of the car. And mom would go throw, you know, tell me bye. She would throw my stuff in his pickup, and drive me out and drop me off at the combine. And I would go hop up in the combine, and literally sit there on his lap. And we just and my granddad was not a man of any words. He didn't say much, and he he would just grin at me, and I would just sit there with him and watch him, and just back and forth, back and forth for hours and hours and days and days. And I would say sometimes two, three, four weeks. And, um, you know, and, it's, and for kids nowadays, go, man, what boring is that? And I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved getting up in the morning and, and you know, it's had the screw top uh, igloo thing with you fill it full of water and ice. And hopefully the ice would last. You know, there aren't Yetis. So hopefully it would last. And, we'd, you know, my grandmother would pack some sandwiches for us. And we'd literally go out, get out there and put that stuff, you know, some things in the truck and some things in the combine. And we take a break at noon every day and go eat a ham sandwich, you know, and your, you know, your whole body's still vibrating from being on the combine. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, but I can remember just so excited every day to go do that. And it's just being there with my granddad and, and I learned from him, from what he did, not from what he said. Do and that was pretty cool. Do you think those memories were as fond in the moment as they are now? Or, or do you think that that, that whole know. time and distance I don't know. and age I don't thing. know the answer to that. I know that I was excited every morning to get up and do it again. Um, and I, just because maybe a rabbit would run out or, you know, little things for a kid. Right. So I don't remember, you know, I don't, I, I'm sure they were boring, but I know that I got up every day excited to go. Yeah. So it had to be something fun. You know, for, for us, I, I don't, you know, looking back on it, I'm like, I don't ever think it was in the, they were like, yippee, we get to go get up and, you know, go run around the woods for 12 hours. Right. Like, right. like this is so much fun. I think it was just, it was just life. Right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it wasn't until later on when you start having other experiences in life and you look back on it in a fond manner or look back on it and, and realize how much it added to your life. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's what, how, that's how, and when those memories become fonder to us yeah. because we have the perspective to realize like yeah. how incredibly influential and how lucky we were to just live a simple, simple life. Yeah, I was gonna say my second one is is very similar to yours, except I was older, and my best friend in high school, his dad had some land. I don't know how many, I mean, I really don't remember how many acres it was. Pretty good size amount of acres outside of probably about twenty minute drive from our house, and um, so we would go, you know, after football or after and during off season. He, I don't think he played his senior year, and uh, I'd meet him out, and he had a pickup truck, and I had a pickup truck, and I'd hop in with him, or he'd hop in with me, and every day after school. We'd have that land and, you know, we'd take a 12 gauge and a, maybe a 22 or a nine millimeter, nine millimeter pistol or whatever. And, you know, we're from Texas and you, you learn when you're young here in Texas and it may have been Montana the same is you learn early on about gun safety and, you know, how to properly, you know, load and to discharge a weapon and what, to, what to aim at, what not. And, you know, all the things that, you know, in, from where I came from, all young men learned. Yeah. And so, you know, for the last two years of school, that's what we did every single day after school is we'd go out there and we'd find armadillos or we'd go 
you know, we found one day we found an old pickup truck that just had stuff growing all over the top of it. It's probably a 1950s. Looking back, it's like, man, we shouldn't have shot it up, but that's what we did. And, um, but you know, going fishing in, in the pond, we're like, is there any fish in here? Hey, tomorrow let's bring the fishing rod and let's figure it out. And we'd fish for four hours until it got dark. And, you know, just he and I wandering around, not really talking a whole lot, but just what's the next adventure for the day? Yeah. And going out there and doing that. And I look back and, you know, a lot of people say that's wasting time, but, you know, it was, it was fun as a kid and it gave you, gave us freedom to be able to do things. And, and it was really good. My parents were great with it because it, you know, it kept me from going to doing other stupid things. You know, it was, it was actually going out and just enjoying being outside in nature. Yeah. Same thing. You know, Montana is very similar is pretty much if you're outside of town and you're not pointing at a house, you're it's, you have free range to, mm -hmm. to shoot. Right. But you, you always had an idea of where the homes were or where it was that you shouldn't be shooting. Right. right. So, you know, for us, worked on the same ranch growing up, Kyle Ranch, um, south of town. They were friends of the family, and they were basically like family, right? And um, we'd go, we'd work all day. We'd wake up in the morning and go move irrigation lines, like hand Ooh. irrigation, 30-foot mm. section of hand irrigation line in the morning, go to work on the ranch, whether it was fencing or, you know, stacking hay or whatever whatever ranch hands did, and they'd go back in the evening and move it one more time because if it was four-inch line, it had to be moved twice a day, and then go back go back home, right? wake up and just do it all over again. Yeah. And what I remember about that is irrigation line doesn't take days off. No. So in, unless you were through and in, in, unless it made it to the end of the cycle and you were waiting for the land to dry out so, so you could harvest or whether you were waiting for it to dry out enough to be able to move it back to the beginning of the, of the section, you didn't get days off. It was yeah. seven days a week. Yeah. But, you know, we'd go out there and then same thing, like during lunch, we, we'd take our rifles and we'd, they'd always be with us in the work truck. And if you saw a, saw a coyote or a fox or whatever right. it was or a badger or whatever it was, right. You just stop what you were doing and everybody was like a firing line to, <laughs> to kill this poor, this poor and, you know, unsuspecting animal and then go back to work. Right. Yeah. And, and again, like for, it was so similar to yours, but simplistic, right. Yeah. You're like, it's just, you're out there doing something that you don't realize in the moment is, is fun. Mm -hmm. Like, like now we, we pretty much go anything, give anything to go back and, yeah. and have like live that sort of simple purpose driven, but a little bit lazy ish lifestyle because it's it's simple and it's fun yeah. and, and it's not difficult but in the moment you don't have the ability to appreciate what it is you know when you said earlier you said uh was it something that you truly enjoyed or is it an enjoyable memory looking back the first thing that popped in my head was hauling hay oh yeah you know man i'm so glad i did it because it teaches you a lot about <laughs> going to school and learning and not having to do that but man one of the hardest things i can remember being wet and alfalfa bales being you know dew on them and being heavy and having to throw those and, you know, hopefully you'd brought your, you know, your gloves, but I can remember how miserable I was back there doing that every day. I didn't wake up excited about that every day, but you know, looking back and man, I'm sure glad I did. Yeah. And you learn that no matter how hot it is, you don't just wear a t-shirt when you're stacking hay. Oh dude. Yeah. If you want cut up forearms, you can. Listen, you, you see a lot of people that work outdoors and you don't see them in shorts and short sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're long sleeves, long pants. They're covered up head to toe. A hay barn gave me one of my worst concussions ever. Oh, I've heard this story. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah, quick story on that. It, it, we, we were stacking hay, and I was down below, and the, the, these hand bales that year were set super heavy, 120 pounds, somewhere in there. Um, and I, I looked up, and they accidentally knocked a bale off the end of the stack. And I look up, and it's coming at me, and I almost kind of half catch it. Uh -huh. But right behind me is an I-beam, and oh, bang, my head goes off that I-beam. And uh, I didn't realize at the moment that I had a concussion, 
I went home and I came back out that next morning and I stopped at the grocery store. And again, no recollection of this until, you know, like people tell me what it was. I went to the store, I bought a gallon of milk, a bag of cat food and a kielbasa sausage. And that was my lunch. And I show up out on the ranch and Jim's Jim, the foreman like sees me. He's like, we're, and I was 16. Yeah. He's like, Hey, were, were you out drinking last night? And I'm like, cause I looked like I was hung over yeah. apparently. And I'm like, no. And one of the guys that was working with me, Nathan Wolvet was like, no, he hit his head pretty hard yesterday though. And he just looks at me and like my, you know, my pupils are just yeah. going crazy. And he asked, asked me my name and I remember knowing my name, but I couldn't say my name. Yeah. And like he looks at my lungs, he's like, "What? What is this?" He's like, "We got to go to the hospital." Yeah. So take me in, and of course, I had a I had a pretty nasty concussion. That you did. I'm bad enough to where I thought I was going to eat a bag of cat food for lunch, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't even own a cat. I didn't even know anybody that owned a cat. There were there were uh, kibbles and bits though. <laughs> yeah, so. the combination of the three, yeah. I'm sure, would have made. Hopefully, the final. Hopefully soft food go down easy. Yeah, but you know, good times all the way around. Yeah, and you know, um, I think no matter what you did as a it kid, it was meow mix. By the yeah, way, meow Just mix. Yeah. It was one of yeah, the meow, brand meow, was. Meow. Yeah. Um, it was you know no matter what you did when you're a kid you have some memories, even if you had a really rough childhood, you have some memories that you take with you, that you take with you. And some of those things, the memories you have are things that you did on your own. And I, I like what you said earlier. It wasn't a video game. It wasn't because you didn't have money, man. Some of the best things in life and some of the best times you have in life have nothing to do with money. Mm -hmm. They have to do with the people you're around or just going out there and just being by yourself. And I, you know, those are the things that are super valuable. I think we take for granted. Yeah, absolutely. And, they're lifelong lessons, right? And it, we don't even know it in the moment. Yeah, no, we're just, we're just living absolutely. life. We're, we're just kids that don't have anything that are making something of the thing with nothing, right? And and life is simple. And you go, you look back later on, and it's funny how you yearn for that type of thing again, right? No matter how much money you make, no matter where you live, no matter how many nice cars you have, you you yearn for the sim, for the simplicity of those younger years. Yep. You know, it's, it's funny and, how that works. And you don't ever look back and say, wow, that was a great TV show I watched 20 years ago. Yeah, I couldn't even, except for maybe Say by the Bell. Say by the Bell is pretty awesome. That's a podcast for another day. That's yeah, a podcast for another day. <laughs> Need to wear our shirts today. Yes, sir. All right. Enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun.